Jonathan Haidt, the, uh, the psychologist, he talks about yeah, sort of the trajectory of relationships and love. And what he says is that at the very beginning, there's a lot of passionate love and very low levels of what he calls companionate love. Companionate love is sort of like trust and knowledge of the other person. You don't know the other person. How could you? Passionate love is like, I want to be with them all the time. A lot of sexual attraction here. We got like the sparks are flying. And in every relationship, after a couple of years, you start to see a decline in the passionate love and an increase in the companionate love, which is why you'll see couples who are 70 years old. And it's not like they're, you know, going at it 24 hours a day. It's more like, they feel like they're integrated with one another. It's almost like one unit. And so when you're dating for marriage, yes, the passionate love will be there, but you're also trying to look beyond what that two-year passionate love period is going to look like to what is the rest of your life going to look like. And that sets up a whole different expectation of the person you're dating and, and for yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, you think I'm going to leave any meat on the bone? Oh, you're sadly mistaken. The voice of reason, the VOR, is on fire already. Live from KBLA Talk 1580 from the heart of Lamert Park. You already know how we do. Man, we got a powerful topic tonight. And as is usual, please understand, non-judgmental space, okay? Non-judgmental space. I want to hear your perspective. This is a conversation, not a monologue. I want to hear what you think. Now, so many people that I've come in contact with, you know, I've done relationship roundtables all over the country, hundreds of them, you know, and I hear people say, I want a relationship like my grandmama, like my grandparents had. They were together for 50 years. They're still together. Blah, 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 blah. And what happens is we kind of marginalize relationships that don't last long. And we aggrandize or we fantasize about the long-term relationship. I want something meaningful, something that's going to last. Should we play Keith Sweat, make it last forever? I, I, let, let me just say, right, a lot of people want that long-term relationship. And what I've always said was, just because your grandparents' relationship lasted a long time, doesn't mean it was a good relationship. Doesn't mean it wasn't toxic. Oh, uh, come on, let, 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 let Keith speak to him just a little bit. Just, Keith! Get in here, brother Keith, get in here! Hey, turn Keith off. Turn, turn him off. Keith. <laughs> it's a fantasy. In my relationship book, The Relationship Dismount, released in 2015, How to Stick the Landing When Exiting a Toxic Relationship, we talk about cornerstones and stepping stone relationships. 
I want Attila Phillips to call in here. And before she calls in, I want her to find the section in the relationship dismount that talks about cornerstone and stepping stone relationships. Not everybody is fortunate enough to have a cornerstone relationship. Stepping stone relationships, although they may be short, they may last for a season. You know, you get in them, you learn something about yourself, you learn something about relating, and then you move on, right? The stepping stone. Most of us are going to have many stepping stone relationships. Very few of us will have a cornerstone relationship. Now, the cornerstone relationship is the relationship where you keep learning, but you keep learning from the same partner. Ah, it's rare. It's rare. And now the internet is up in arms because of Ebony K. Williams. She just said, basically, young ladies should uh, aspire, you know, to... Get when you get a relation or when you get your degree, get a ring with that degree. And let me just say, Ebony K. Williams is an exceedingly beautiful and an exceedingly intelligent sister. Do not take her words lightly. However, there are points to be pointed out. Number one, the way the statement is spoken and or framed sounds like it's as easy to get a ring in a meaningful relationship, a substantive relationship as it is to get a degree. I differ. I beg to differ. I believe it's easier to get your degree than it is to get a ring in a meaningful relationship. You can get a ring with anybody now, but I'm talking about a meaningful, substantive, cornerstone relationship. It's easy to get, listen, you know how many people will say things like, hey, my wedding was the best day of my life. Then that means the rest of your. <laughs> so if the wedding was the best day, then that means it's slowly losing value like the dollar. <laughs> right. Do you understand what I'm saying here? We, we cannot take the spiritual aspects of relationship lightly. So listen very carefully. Meaningful moments. Short or long, love knows no bounds. Length versus depth, exploring the heart of relationships. The relationship equa uh, equation, quality times depth equals success. Hot topic alert, 1-800-920-1580. I want a relationship like my grandparents had. They were together for 50 years. Why the length of a relationship doesn't indicate how successful it was. Do different needs require different speeds? Short-term versus long-term relationships. True or false? The length of your relationship doesn't define or determine its quality. 1-800-920-1580. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Call me now. While growing up, were your parents socially rich, but spiritually and morally impoverished? Can short-term relationships be as meaningful as long-term relationships? 
1-800-920-1580. Get ready, get ready, get ready. There was a reason Big Mama and Papa slept in two different bedrooms, man. <laughs> the family was a business. We got to keep this thing together, Earl. Now, me and you, we ain't on the same page we was because I know about that other group of family, that other group of kids you got on the other side of town. But for the sake of the family, we're going to turn that den into your room now. You're going to get in a single bed. We're going to put that bed up on bricks. <laughs> come on now. And if you come in my room, Earl, this your, this your, this your big mama talking to your papa. If you come into that room, Earl, you know I got that 22 under my pillow. Listen, we, we, we aggrandize our grandparents' relationship, right? Because they stayed together. But you don't know what they endured by staying together. Oh, my goodness. Are short-term short relationships better? I want to hear from people who might agree or disagree. The number to dial is 1-800-920-1580. What generational curses slash tasks were handed down to you from your mother and father and their parents? And how do these generational tasks slash curses show up in your adult relationships is a failed relationship a waste of time 1-800-920-1580 call me call me call me i need to hear from you tonight i need to hear from you tonight true or false the length of a relationship doesn't validate how deep of a connection two people share huh huh Huh? 1-800-920-1580. How many failed relationships do you have to endure before finding the one? Yeesh. How do you personally define the quality of a relationship? 1-800-920-1580. I want to hear from ladies and sisters from all over Southern California. I want to hear from people from all over the nation. This is a national discussion. It is not a monologue. It is a conversation. Talk to me tonight. What are the key factors that contribute to a successful relationship for you? Can a short-lived relationship be as meaningful as a long-term one? Why or why not? Hmm? How do you differentiate between a relationship's length and its depth? These questions are not for me. They're for you. I want your perspective tonight. Can a brief encounter leave a lasting impact on your life similar to a long-term relationship? 1-800-920-1580. We're doing it tonight. Do societal expectations influence our perspective, our perception of relationship success? How does personal growth factor into the assessment of a relationship's overall quality huh? what are the potential benefits of experiencing both short and long-term relationships what is the purpose of a long-term relationship what is the purpose of a short-term relationship hmm? can a relationship's quality evolve or devolve over time even if it started poorly or well 
There's so many factors here. Get to your phone lines. We need to talk when I come forward. You know the phone lines are going to be cooking. You better get in now if you want to talk. If you want to share your perspective, your opinion, please enlighten us tonight. The VOR is already incendiary. It can seem very confusing why certain long-term relationships survive and some don't. It can from afar. Look as if it's the most cruel and alarming sort of lottery. Trying to explain love to a child or a visitor from another planet promises to be a perplexing matter indeed. All couples on their wedding day are united in wanting to make things work. Then, for reasons beyond anyone's comprehension, some of them simply seem to dissolve and others don't. To remove some of the terrifying element of apparent chance and encourage us to work on the right aspects of our own couples, it may be helpful to become deliberately reductive about the real reasons why breakups occur. We need, in this regard, first to discount certain causes that gain far too much airtime relative to their actual likelihoods. Of course, sometimes people break up because one party wants a younger partner, or because they want better sex, or because they are seeking a more exciting companion, or because their hobbies or political views have drifted apart, or because things have, somehow, grown stale. But let's quickly try to reduce the role we give to such explanatory factors. Given the costs of breakups, given the massive investments that people make in being together, given the chaos generated if there are children, one can assert with a high degree of confidence that almost no one ever splits up for such familiar reasons. The real reason lies elsewhere. The real reason for breakup lies in one or both spouses' sense that they have not been heard, that something very important to them has been disregarded, that their point of view has not at a fundamental level, been acknowledged and honoured. It doesn't matter what the subject of this non-hearing happens to be. It could be that they haven't been heard about their views on money, or on the way the children... <laughs> Boy, that was the Hogwarts of relationship advice, but she was dropping. She was dropping bombs. Typically, people break up because their needs are not being met. And if your need is to be heard, if your need is to is to feel appreciated and respected, yeah, that's a reason why people leave. But you learn something too, don't you? You learn that you can't be dependent always on somebody bigging you up. Sometimes it's just your job. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. I know people always want to put it on their partner. He made me feel small. She made me feel like I wasn't a man. Boy, if you don't go inside and kill that demon, that wound is what needs that attention, not you. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we got work to do tonight. You want a relationship like Big Mama and Papa? Did Papa make Big Mama feel small? Ooh. Hmm? And if he did, he, he had hell to pay. Big Mom put some some hot grits on Papa for any of this madness. 1-800-9-20-15-80. Let's get to it. 
You want a long-term relationship or a short-term relationship? Which one has the most value? Can you get value out of both? Can you be in a long-term relationship that really has no value? And can you be in a short-term relationship that leaves an indelible impression on your spirit? 1-800-9-2015-80. We got callers on the line. Let's get them in here right now because Diggy is impatient. Let's go to Tallahassee, Florida. Diggy, get in here. What's that, Nizzo? What's up, man? Now, you know, Diggy, ain't no profanity now. Yes, sir. We're going to keep it clean, man, like 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 Mr. Clean. There we go, brother. Talk to me, bro. Listen, I put it like this. Long-term relationships due to the test of time actually show the best potential to show what the, the, the marathon of a relationship is, mm-hmm. if it works out. And sometimes short-term relationships can just get to the the a blitz of it. You know, you can just get to it in a real rush. But overall, I have a very exper- uh, a resume of experience when it comes to long-term and short-term relationships. And uh, overall, I feel like all you have to do is just be patient, take your time, regardless of your situation and distance, and you'll get to your goal. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. I like to hear it, brother. I like to hear it. I like the insight. Guess what you just did, Diggy? What's that, bro? You brought Tallahassee, Florida in the building. If you want to bring your city in the building, all you got to do is call me at one 800 Who out there wants a relationship like your grandparents had or like your parents had? Somebody call me right now and tell me which is better, short-term, long-term. Typically, short-term, you're going to learn a lot in a rapid pace, at a, at a rapid pace. You're going to learn a lot. You're going to see a lot. You're going to understand a lot. A lot of things are going to be revealed to you, and it's going to happen quick. And you might need two or three more relationships to unpack what happened in that first short-term relationship. You may need three or four short-term relationships to be able to unpack. Hey, why is it that I attracted this type of person? Who am I when these type of people show up? Why is it that I allow certain things to transpire when, in fact, I should have deaded that from the beginning. You start to learn about what you really want and what you don't want. How about it? So are those relationships meaningful? Are they purposeful? You tell me. one 800 Jade. No, no, no. Sean, Oakland, California. Then we go in the South Central. Let's get it. Hey, brother Zoda. Brother wow, Zoda. this is a great show. Thank you. Hey, I have to tell you. Yeah, I'm telling you, uh, the last caller is right on point about patience. I mean, obviously, he's been in a long-term uh, relationship. But the short-term relationships, people, those are the most important ones mm. leading up to any long-term relationship. And no, by the way... No, wait, Sean. If you wait, Sean. Go ahead. You said the short-term relationship is the most important? This is what, yes. I, this is what we got to do. Hold tight. When we come forward, Sean is going to unpack this for us. The short-term relationship, according to my brother Sean, resident caller of the Voice of Reason, will break this down for us. One of the big assumptions of our times is that if love is real, it must, by definition, prove to be eternal. 
we invariably and naturally equate genuine relationships with lifelong relationships. And therefore, it seems almost impossible for us to interpret the ending of a union after only a limited period, a few weeks or five or ten years, or anything short of our or the partner's death date, as something other than a problem, a failure, and an emotional catastrophe that is someone's fault, probably our own. There are people desperate that they've failed because their relationships have lasted only 32 years. We appear fundamentally unable to trust that a relationship could be at once sincere, meaningful and important, and yet at the same time fairly and guiltlessly limited in its duration. There are, of course, a few very good reasons for our collective valorization of the lifelong love story. A great many of the pleasures and virtues of relationships do only reveal themselves over time, once trust has been established and loyalty fully demonstrated. When two people know it's forever, they will work harder than at anything else in their lives. There's no option to avoid some necessary but unpleasant issues. They will do their utmost to understand the mysteries of the other's psyche. They will show reserves of tenderness and vulnerability they wouldn't ever otherwise have accessed. They will learn to apologize and reach a modesty about their own shortcomings. They will grow up. And in the meantime, day to day, they will sample the modest but genuine pleasures of cosy Sunday evenings together and shared walks in country parks. Not least, children always benefit. But it's because the charms of the long term are so clear in our collective imaginations that we should acknowledge the danger of cruelly and normatively suppressing all the legitimate claims of short-term love. An arrangement which deserves to be interpreted not merely as a pathologically stunted or interrupted version of a long-term union, but as a state with distinctive virtues of its own, one that we might rationally choose from the outset, knowing from the start that it would be better for both parties if there was a termination point more or less in view. So much can go right with short-term love. When two people know they don't own each other, they're extremely careful to earn each other's respect on a daily basis. Knowing someone could leave us at any time isn't only grounds for insecurity, it's a constant catalyst for tender appreciation. When it isn't... <laughs> Short-term relationships are good too, mommy. 1-800-920-1580-KBLA is on fire tonight because the voice of reason is an arsonist, a relationship arsonist we're trying to cook tonight. Are y'all ready to do it? Let's get back to Sean from Oakland, California. He was basically saying short-term relationships are the most valuable form. Talk to me, bro. Brother. So, yes, I 100% agree with that because, look, when I was a young kid, and, and I'm only giving you my story, you know, my parents divorced when I was really young, and I love my dad, rest in peace, and it just happened the way it happened and, and all that, right? But as I went through life, um, you know, I had my rock star moments. I was very lucky. I, I was, like, really good in sports and all that and had like a rock star, you know, seven year run. And that was pretty good. You know, I wasn't doing drugs and stuff like that, but you know, I, I had it, all the girls I wanted, but all those experiences taught me so many different things, right? Because the one girl that I really liked in high school, 
She dogged the hell out of me. She dogged me like you couldn't be dogged. She dogged me so bad. She dogged me so bad. And be, and I, what I was thinking is long term. I was thinking I want to be with this person long term. And we are only like sixteen years old. Mm. I, I, you know, later in life I realized how stupid that was for me to think that. But that was the first learning experience. And then all the other ones going down the line, I always made it clear to them, you know, hey, I'm, you know, hey, let's have fun and do that. There was nothing serious. But I learned from all of them. I did. I learned lots of things from all of them. Mm -hmm. They liked me for whatever reason. They liked me because I was at the time popular or playing sports or, uh, you know, they just liked me, you know, whatever. But when I met my better half, she challenged me. Mm. I, I, and I don't mean it in a bad way. Yes. I'm just saying. Challenge you to be better. I, yeah. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And, and, and I don't know if that's exactly why we've been married, you know, 35 years and together, whatever, you know. Gosh, you get this long, you feel very fortunate. Right. But we've been through all the humps and bumps. And by the way, everyone has issues. Everyone has things they have to deal with that are not fun to deal with. Okay, so I'm, I'm whether it's financial, whether it's kids, it doesn't matter. But she challenged me. Mm -hmm. Are you going to be in this? And our only agreement is, brother, and I know this sounds cliche or whatever, but is, you know, I'm not going to cheat on you sexually or anything like that. But I love hugging. I'm a very embracing person. I hug and I kiss people on the cheek, but I never do anything inappropriate. She can do the same thing. She could be in a different part of the world. I could be in a different part of the world. It's okay. We trust each other. When I say trust, it just means we know we're not going to cross that line. Mm -hmm. So, and I think that was man. the challenge. And that's me, one she gave me. Let me just say this, Sean, man. I really respect you, brother. I don't know if I've Thanks, ever told man. you that, but I respect you, brother. You're consistent. You're going to tell us the truth every single time. And you know what you just did? I don't know, but I respect you as much or more. But let me tell you what you just did. Can I tell you? Yes. You sir. just brought Oakland, California in the building. Listen, if you want to bring your city in the building, all you got to do is call me at 1-800-920-1580. The voice of reason is on complete fire tonight. Do you want a long-term, potentially unfulfilling relationship like your grandparents had? Oh, I'm sorry. Do you want a long-term, beautiful relationship like Keep Sweat described, make it last forever like your grandparents had? Or... Do you want a short-term relationship that teaches you something, that, that gives you something, that helps you elevate to the next level? I'm not saying the long-terms don't do that. However, we've seen some really toxic long-term relationships before. I'm not advocating one or the other, but I want to know your thoughts. Please get to your phone lines, 1-800-920-1580. When we come forward, we're going to South Central Los Angeles and Dallas, Texas. You know, the, your existential position in the world. And there's, there's going to be plenty of times when you have reason for that. And I know perfectly well that the things that you're going to be able to point to, to allow you to have 
a, a modicum of self-respect are the things that you've managed to accomplish as a consequence of adopting the difficult responsibilities of, mat of maturity. You'll be able to say, well, despite my flaws, manifest as they are, here's the things I've managed. And there aren't that many things to manage. That's the other thing. You don't want to destroy too much because, like, what do you have in your life? Well, you've got, you've got an intimate relationship, right, if you're fortunate. That's what you're going to... You're going to have a sequence of meaningless in, in, intimate relationships that are short-term. And there isn't any evidence that that's good for people, as far as I can tell. It's good to have an intimate relationship that's lasting. It gives your life some solidity, right? And it's what people generally want, but it's effort, it's work, it's negotiation. And more importantly, it's an accomplishment. You know, it's... it's hey, Jordan Peterson does not play. He said, listen now. It's work. It's effort. It's an accomplishment to be in a long-term relationship. It's meaningful. But it, it requires emotional maturity. And you use the short-term relationships to strengthen that muscle. Huh? So many of us in this transactional society are only in that damn relationship to get what we want. Not to get what we need. We need emotional maturity. You can't get emotional maturity unless you're looking for yourself when you walk into the relationship. So many of us are, are, are just laser focused on what the person said they would do and be to us. And that's all we're looking at. And that's why we're upset. That's why we're sad. That's why we're disappointed. We didn't have one iris, one cornea focused on ourselves. How do I show up? How do I respond and react? How am I the problem? How do I contribute to the building entropy and spiritual entropy in this relationship? We never think that way. It's always somebody else's fault for why this thing went downhill. You want a lasting relationship. You're not, you're not just going to have it. <laughs> you're not just going to have it because you want it. You've got to cultivate it. And where do you start that cultivation process? Within. Not without. I'm going to wait till the right one show up. But you're not right. Your spirit is ajar. You're disconnected internally. Are y'all listening? All right, that's enough of me. Callers, let's get in here. JW's been oh. on the longest South Central. Let's talk. Hey, hey, Zoe, how you doing, my brother? I'm alive and well, brother. Talk to me. Hey, hey, like I always say, man, it's all about motive for one thing or intention. In reference to the old folks or short term as well as long term, both have qualities in terms of different degrees or I would say levels or standards and all the above, because you got to have the right intentions. And I agree with what your other callers stated with several of them made the same point, as well as with one. people that you played on air, the psychologists. It's all about um, having the right intention and the right frame of mind and vetting. That's important. And that short-term relationship teaches you a lot if you take notes. 
Like you said, if, if it goes too quick, you might not pick it up and you have to repeat it several times. Because I say pain is a good teacher or mm. failure is an excellent teacher. School's in session. Mm. Mm. I love and it. When, and also, when you related to emotional maturity, I made that comment several times. I equated to elementary school, junior high, and college. You know, we got to graduate from one level or one grade level to another degree, et cetera. You know, it's growth. It's development. It's maturity. And that's one thing that we lack as a people. And I would even say that as a race of people in America, no matter what uh, nationality or gender they may be, they just don't teach emotional maturity in any school curriculum at all. Mm. And I think that's a, a deficit for everybody, we're dumbed down. We're not educated, and that's the main reason why most people break up other than money or because of money or a combination of both or either or because we're not mature enough to comprehend things and to communicate and have a, you know, a, a, a critical ability to critical analyze things to critically think through something to come to a solution. That's where our brain comes into it, and that meets me, myself, and I type of mentality. Some people are always like, I'm always right. The world's always wrong. Because mm. they don't approach their, their inner selves. And I always say that's that spiritual being, that, that, that Holy Spirit or that God being, or that breath of life, or however you want to phrase it, that makes a person equally yoked. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hey, brother. And I clearly elaborate on, but I'm going to give somebody else some time to um, I love it. J Dub, man, you always bring South Central Los Angeles in the building. We appreciate you for the insight. Thank you, brother. Call in anytime if you want to bring your city in the building. LA, come on, follow J Dub's lead. He brought South Central. I want to hear from Lamert Park. I want to hear from Inglewood. I want to hear from Pasadena. I want to hear from Pomona. I want to hear from San Bernardino. I want to hear from Culver City. I want to hear from DTLA. I want to hear from Torrance. Y'all better get up in here. 1-800-920-1580. The phone lines are cracking. Let's do it now. Trumonger, Dallas, Texas. Let's go. Yes, sir. Talk to me. Oh, uh, man. Whether it's short term, long term, whether you trying to base your relationships off of what you saw from your parents or grandparents, aunts and uncles or whatever, you can only do so much with that because you only saw so much. Ooh, come on, true. You know. Yes, yes, yes. You may, you may, you may have seen some good moments that you think, oh, you want your relationship to be just like that. But you gotta be, you gotta ground yourself. You gotta base it in reality. You know, for every good moment, there's gonna be a bad one. Mm. And if you're not around to see how they handle those bad ones. You're, you're going to try to base your relationship based on a falsehood mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always got to be grounded in reality because you go, regardless of what you see from your elders or whatever, mm-hmm. you're going to have your own experiences. Mm-hmm. You you may experience, experience some stuff that they didn't. Mm-hmm. Or you may experience some stuff that they've gone through but they haven't shared any information about how they handled it. Mm-hmm. So a lot of this stuff is going to be new to you anyway. Right. Right. So you're going to have to learn, go through those learning curves regardless. 
whether it's a short term or long term. Mm-hmm. And most, like, it, like other calls were saying before, the short terms are going to be beneficial to you whether you're in pain or not. Right. Because you can carry those lessons if you bother to pay attention into whatever relationship you have going forward. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah. I love this, True. True. Boy, you cooking you cooking with avocado oil, the rarest of oils of all. You're cooking with avocado oil, and you know what you just did? Do you know what you what just did? did? I'm sure, but go ahead and tell me. You brought Dallas, Texas in the building, man. Listen, if you want to bring your city in the building, all you got to do is call me. Call me, call me, call me. 1-800-920-1580. When we come forward... Man, Texas is still in the building. We got Houston, Texas. We got Austin, Texas. Dallas, Texas just left. We got Pensacola, Florida. That's who I'm going to first when I come forward. I'm Dr. Orion Taraban, and this is Psychacks Better Living Through Psychology. And the topic of today's short talk is most people don't really want relationships. Most people. This means men and women. Most people do not really want relationships. And as we'll see, this will go far toward explaining why both sex and relationships are at historically all-time lows, especially in younger heterosexual populations. Fewer young people than ever before are having sex, and fewer young people than ever before are entering into relationships. Why might this be the case? Well, as I said, This is because most people don't really want a relationship. Remember, relationships are the medium in which value is transacted. If you already possess the proposed value, or if you can obtain it more easily or more cheaply or more safely elsewhere, there is no need to enter into the transaction. Look at it like this. No one really wants a job. They want a job because of what a job can give them, namely money. If people could get what they wanted, money, more easily, more cheaply, or more safely elsewhere, then they probably wouldn't go looking for a job. But for the vast majority of people, a job is the only way they know to get money. So they go looking for a job. That said, they don't really want the job, they want the money. And if they had the money, they wouldn't go looking for the job. Okay, so the same basic premise holds true with respect to heterosexual relationships, especially in today's day and age. Most people don't really want a relationship. They want what the relationship can give them. And if they can get those things more easily, more cheaply, or more safely elsewhere, then then we would expect them not to enter into relationships as frequently. So, What do men and women want from relationships? Well, they want all kinds of things. But in general, men are trading resources, that is time, energy, attention, and money for sexual opportunity. And women are trading sexual opportunity for resources, time, attention, energy, and money. (laughs) If either sex could more easily, more cheaply, and more safely get what they wanted in places besides relationships, we should predictably see the number of relationships decline, and that's exactly what's happening. Now, there are two major culprits behind this decline in relationships, especially 
in the 20-something demographic, pornography and social media. And this is very interesting because it's generally men who have problems with pornography and it's generally women who have problems with social media. This obviously isn't always the case, but it does seem to fall along gendered lines. First, let's take a look at men in porn. Remember, what men generally want from relationships is to trade resources for sexual opportunity. If they could get sexual opportunity without exchanging resources or exchanging far fewer resources, then they are rationally going to move in that direction. And that's exactly what porn offers men. Porn offers men free, immediate, and dependable sexual opportunity. And this is only going to improve in the coming years with artificial intelligence and virtual reality. And rather than transact his one bundle of resources for sexual opportunity from one specific woman, he can now transact his one bundle of resources for sexual opportunity from an unlimited number of women on the internet. Men are not only able to buy sexual opportunities from porn far more... Do do, do you see the complexity? You can't just... No disrespect to the sister, Ebony K. Williams. You just can't say, when you get your degree, sister, go get a ring. It's too complex to just make that statement. The sister is intelligent. I'm not saying what she said doesn't make sense. I'm just simply saying this is such a layered, relationships are such a layered and nuanced kind of thing. And he didn't even talk about the spiritual aspect. He didn't even speak about that. He said, we're going to take the path of least resistance in order to get what we want. I said it before, people are going into relationship to receive They're not going into relationships to give. But you want to be like your your grandmama them. Your grandmother knew, you know know what your grandmother them knew that that this, this generation has no clue about? Endurance. Stick to itiveness. They knew, hey, this ain't easy. We're going to have to work in order for this thing to work. Do you understand? This This is a heavy topic. Listen, you're listening to the Voice of Reason on KBLA Talk 1580. And tonight's topic is one of those ones, man. Length of relationship versus the depth of relationships. And for many people, he said, this brother Kendrick said, listen, uh, relate most people don't want to be in relationship no i'm saying most people are 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 afraid of the real purpose of relationship the real purpose of relationship is about exposing you it's about stripping you naked wounds and all your wounds got to get butt naked strip them wounds down that's where the work is your partner's not responsible for Uh, clothing and unclothing your wounds you are and that's too much work technology is designed for convenience but nirvana moksha (laughs) self-realization enlightenment is work and that's what relationship spiritual purpose is 
It's to, it, it's to evolve you. It's to grow you up spiritually. And that is the scariest work you'll ever do. So it's easy to say, I'm out. I'm not getting what I want. See, when I come home from work, I need a sandwich, the game, slippers. And then after all of that, I need that wet, wet. I need that good shit, what shit, what shit, good shit. That's what I need. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. So you, know, you know how men do? They come in and say, I need peace in my house. What you think this is? I'm out there fighting the world. The world is a bear, and I need peace. I'm covered in honey. <laughs> no, peace is an inside job. Just like happiness, just like self-approval, just like self-acknowledgement, just like self-acceptance. This is all inside work. Right? Come on, man. <laughs> the notion of an enduring love akin to our grandparents' decade-spanning relationship often leaves us in awe. We long for a love that withstands the test of time, a love story for the ages. But as we navigate the complex landscape of modern-day relationships, it becomes increasingly apparent that the length of a relationship doesn't necessarily define its success. On this show, tonight, hour number two, we're going to delve deep into the multifaceted dimensions of relationship quality, dissecting its nuanced components and addressing key questions that challenge our conventional beliefs about the duration of love. Self-awareness, man. Relationships will teach you that. That is the foundation of relationship quality is self-awareness. How well do you know yourself? And how much do you accept yourself? Where there's a gap in accepting yourself, there will be a gap in people accepting you. Listen, you're not truly human until you embrace your whole self. And if you can't be a complete flawed human in a relationship you are not relationship material i don't give a damn how much money you got how many degrees you got regarding intimate relationships you can't have what you want until you become it otherwise you're chasing it y'all listening 1-800-9-20-15-80 at the heart of any meaningful relationship lies self-awareness, understanding one's self, sense of self, one's values, desires, and emotional triggers forms the foundation upon which quality relationships are built. Self-awareness allows us to communicate our needs effectively, fostering empathy and connection with others. If you can't empathize with you, how can you empathize with someone who is in need of your understanding? Who's in need of your compassion? And then how can it be reciprocal? How can that, that energy flow back and forth in the relationship? If there's parts of you that you don't like and you refuse to acknowledge without judgment. Hmm? Oh my goodness. Different purposes creates different lengths in the relationships. Ooh, Lord. 
Relationships like the seasons serve varying purposes in our lives. Some are brief but intense, akin to the burst of color in a fall leaf, leaving indelible memories and lessons. Others are like the steady, nurturing embrace of spring, offering stability and companionship over the years. The key is recognizing that the value of a relationship transcends its duration. Short-lived connections can be profound and transformative, while long-term commitments can be stagnant and unfulfilling. I know y'all don't want to hear it put that way. Grandmama and them probably was struggling. But she made sure them boiled chicken wings, that tomato soup with them with them crackers, them saltine crackers. She made sure them salmon croquettes was crispy. She made sure that, that cornbread was sweet and fluffy like cake. She made sure it was all right, dis despite what she was enduring. And many of us in this microwave society refuse to endure Anything uncomfortable, especially the act of looking at ourselves. When I come forward, the voice of reason is going back to the phone lines. Let's get it. This person had a comment on my TikTok. I have a TikTok account as well. I did a video where I answered the question of why asking her what she's looking for is pointless. Because a lot of you guys, you're thinking this is where God logic gets you in trouble, guys. You're thinking, okay. I want a woman, but I want something that's long-term. How do I know if she wants long-term? I know what I'll do. On that first or second date, I'm going to ask her, so what are you looking for? Are you looking for a long-term relationship? Are you looking for a short-term relationship? Are you looking for just a friends with benefits hookup? Like, what are you looking for? And then we think logically, if I ask her that question, she's going to say, you know what? I hadn't thought about it, but I think, um, I, think I want a short-term. And then you're going to respond, that's great. You know what? I think I thought I want something long term, but I could do a short term in the meantime. Yeah, let's do that. That to me is like the stupidest thing ever. But again, I understand why at one point in my life, I'm sure I was probably thinking like, OK, how can I tell the difference between like a girl that wants to just hook up with me and that be it versus like being in a relationship? I get it because you're thinking that's the logical thing, right? Like just like it's like on a platter. Which of these options do you want to do? And I'll do it. Right. But here's the thing. So this guy said, I feel a way around this is asking on your first date. What are they looking for? Example, long-term, short-term, casual, et cetera, right? And here's what I try to stress to you guys is that you're thinking because you're like this, that you're going to go on one or two dates. And after one or two dates, you're going to determine, yeah, I don't know if I date this girl long-term, but I would totally do a short-term with her for a little bit. Like you're assuming because that's how you're processing how you get with whoever you want to get with that women are processing it the same way. So you're thinking after one or two good dates, she's already made the decision. This guy, I don't know if I'd see him in a long term, but I could do his little short term hookups or, or I don't know if I do short term with him because I really see more as a long term thing. So I really, like, and this is where I try to explain to you guys, women are coming at dating from a whole different thought process from a whole different process altogether in terms of how they're going about it. Because you might have a woman that on date one says, okay, I'm going to give this guy a shot. Let's see what he has. And that is, a, that is an offer whereby she has no context yet of what you're going to be. Like she's going to this fully open saying, okay, let's see what this guy has to offer. And then depending on how he makes me feel, we'll go to the next step. And so for women, at least based on my experience, because again, if women, if they're watching this, if I'm wrong, let me know. But in my experience for women, it's more about steps. Like, okay, he's taking me on a date. 
He showed me a good time. He's not being too overly gross. He's not trying to touch me too much. He's making me laugh. He's vibrant. You know what? This was a good date. So you know what? If he asked me for a second one, I'd totally do it. That's step number two. Step number two, okay, great. We're on this second date now. Okay, he's still bringing up stuff about me and he's asked me questions and he's he's touched me a little bit, but I feel like the touch is, is really, really nice and he smells really good and, oh, he's trying to kiss me. Oh, do I want to kiss him? How was the kiss? Okay, you know what? Overall, the feeling of this date, also great. Step three, oh, now he's trying to make the big moves. He's trying to ask me up to his place to make dinner with me, but I know what that means. He's trying to go for a hookup, but do I want to hook up? How's he going to act? Woo he breaking down the whole process. Ladies and gentlemen, the VOR, your brother, the voice of reason, Zoe Williams, live from KBLA Talk 1580. We're having a, a wide-ranging, nuanced discussion, man, and it's powerful. I want a relationship like my grandparents had. They were together for 50 years. Why the length of a relationship doesn't necessarily indicate how successful it was very deep conversation. We always fantasize and aggrandize our grandparents is, you know, our grandparents, uh, their relationship just based on, you know, the length of it. We don't listen. My great grandmother had a boyfriend by the name of Goldie. And I don't know what Goldie was into, but he was in his 90s when I was a little kid. I was 10, 11. Goldie was old. But I always thought to myself his name is goldie now as i got into my teens and later my early 20s i started to, goldie's a pimp name <laughs> what was goldie goldie what was you into and you out here with my big mama and, and she always gave goldie the biggest piece of chicken he got his plate first y'all ain't even married big mama who is goldie where goldie from i had to uh, do you understand what we don't know the nuances or the whatever traumatic things that were going on with our grandparents relationship or with our or, or with our parents, our mother and father's relationship for that matter. So let's think about it. Did your grandmother ever come to y'all and say, Papa gave me a UTI? Because we do hear the story about Papa having a family on the other side of town. Ooh, we didn't get quiet. Now it's quiet. See, y'all don't want to have an adult conversation. Back then it was called, well, they, they had something called VD. Papa gave Big, big Mama VD. No, nobody, that conversation wasn't, we weren't, okay. So we, but we want to fantasize about Big Mom and them relations. We don't know. We don't know what was endured. We just think because they were together a long time that it was successful. That's not necessarily the case. 1-800-920-1580. The phone lines are absolutely bananas tonight. Let's get these callers in. Who's been on the longest? Nzinga, Pensacola, Florida. Jump in here. Hey, good evening. Good evening, everybody. <laughs> hey. Um, this is this is a really good topic, um, Mr. Zoe, because I can't say I can surmise. Sometimes people have fantasized about their grandparents' relationships, but we would have never known. But with the advent of social media and people can voice their opinions and concerns and their wants more. So I guess people have always wanted this. Um, but just kind of piggybacking off of you and the and the gentleman who you know, preceded me. 
JW said something real, real important. I don't even think, and this is just me, I could be wrong. People may not even be mature enough to have a relationship like their grandparents had, just based off the things you've been describing. Ooh, come on, um, come on, come are on. You, can you, can you, are you prepared for those lean times? Mm. When you eating chip, when you eating chip beef, compared to when there's a lot of meat on the bone, come on. Are you prepared? Are you prepared for that? Mm-hmm. You know, when when we're looking at our grandparents' relationship, what piece? Because as a child, not okay, okay. I'm, I'm I'll be 45 mm-hmm. this year. My grandmother's mother was a sharecropper. Mm. She was born at the end of slavery. Mm. Her mama was a slave, mm. was enslaved, and, excuse me, was enslaved. Mm-hmm. And this is based off what my grandmother, my grandmother's sisters talked about. So though the, the length of those relationships was based on something different. It was more like a survival thing, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Okay, we, we can get along. Let's have these children. Mm-hmm. When we're running around as kids, we don't know what's real. We don't know, like you spoke about, you know, the VDs and the UTIs. We don't really know the dynamics. We know, we know grandpa went in that room every night and grandma was over here, but we didn't pay attention because we too busy having fun. Mm-hmm. But, you want, but you want their relationship. So to me, it's always interesting. What piece of that relationship do you want? You want your grandmother's servitude? Ooh. Come on, that's what I was waiting for. Thank you. Keep going. But so you know what what piece what piece of that do you want her, you know, being silent? Because and and don't get me wrong, sometimes as a woman it's it is our power is in our silence. I think Kelly Soul has said that a few times. So, you know, our power is in our silence, but what I I I'd be curious to know, I'd be curious to get the answer what piece of that relationship do you want? And so sometimes when I see those things or people saying that it's like you don't even know your grandparents outside of them being your grandparents. What type of people were they? Mm. Do you really want to be? Do you really want to be? Because Grandpa worked at the foundry from uh, <laughs> three a.m. three a.m. To, to 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 one, and then he went down to the quarry from four to twelve. Ooh. Are you prepared to be that man? Mm. You just can't want. You just can't. You just can't have their relationship a la carte. Right. You right. gotta, you you have to, you know, you have to take it in its totality. But also on the other side of that, Mister Zoe, I see it as baby people. That's the last time that they saw or felt love too. Mm, got it. So got there's it. that. So there's that aspect as as well. You know, maybe the grandmother, the grandparents was the last person that they really felt loved them. Mm-hmm. So maybe they want to emulate that too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's uh like I said, I'd be curious to see what piece of the relationship that they do want. Thank you so much for that, Nzinga. We appreciate the call. You're Thank welcome. you. Thank you. Pensacola, Florida is in the building. I'm upset one of our Southern California callers just dropped. Judy, get back in here. The number to dial is 1-800-920-1580. Now, Atala, please bear with me. I got to bring on Reggie because he's at work. Austin, Texas. Reggie, stay with me, bruh. Stay with me. When we come forward, we going to Austin, Texas. Ladies and gentlemen, the VOR back up in the building, KBLA Talk 1580. 
Tonight's topic has been absolutely bonkers. Let's get to these callers because they've been on the line for a long time. Let's get them in here ASAP. Reggie from Austin, then Attila from Houston, Texas, then Judy from Covina. Reggie, talk to me. What's up, Zoe? How you doing, man? Man, I'm alive and well. How are you, brother? All good, man. All good. Um, there was a caller before, and I forget who it was, but he was talking about pain. And um, he said that pain was a great teacher, and I agree with that. Mm-hmm. But I think if I wait until I experience pain before I let go of what wasn't, what wasn't, isn't working for me, then I'm probably going to waste a lot of time before I develop. I think we have to listen to the stories of other people. And not just the successes, but their failures, too. Right. Insight um, versus hindsight. I got you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I want to know how they dealt with things back in those days and how they made it through or how they decided to, to, to separate and, and not kill each other as they were separating. You know what I'm saying? Um, I need to know how they worked out their failures or how they, how they, how they resolved their failures or whatever it was. Um, because some people dealt with misery back in the days, and they were buried for 25 years and miserable for 20. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I don't need that. Right. Um, I think we have to embrace our entire self. And if you embrace your entire self, that includes embracing your past. Mm-hmm. That includes embracing your pain, the decisions that you made, things like that. That's how you, how you change your failure to a success. Right. You pass it on to somebody else so that they don't have to live through the stuff that you did. Right. Um, so it's a lot of stories out there, man. Right. Um, as far as as the success stories and as far as the failures. Right. And I'm going to take all of those and incorporate what what works into my life and leave the rest of the stuff out. Yeah. And um, that way I can leave better than I came. Man, I could smoke a bag of that if I smoke. Reggie, you brought Austin, Texas in the building. If you want to bring your city in the building, you know what you got to do. Just call me right now, 1-800-920-1580. This is an amazing discussion. Like I said, it's a discussion, a conversation, not a monologue. And you guys have been holding up your end of the bargain. I appreciate everybody for tapping in. Attila, Houston, Texas, Cornerstone, versus stepping stone let's see if you fumble through the pages let's go (laughs) and i have can you hear me i can hear you awesome 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 Alrighty. so cornerstone relationships are the romantic idea the stuff that movies and greeting cards are made of pause the stepping stones are relationships rightly perceived are not second class relationships stepping stones can be vitally important what you give and receive in a stepping stone relationship prepares both of you for the next situation in each of your lives. Mm, is Sorry. that what, what? What are you reading from? What book is that? It's called the Relationship Dismount. This is the chapter called Relationship as a Vehicle. Folks, get it, get it, get it. Hey, Attila, and what are your thoughts on tonight's topic? Uh, yeah. So I don't want a relationship like my grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. No. Uh, Why? Why? I mean, not. Okay. Let me explain. So there were some great parts. My grandfather was an amazing provider, right? The reason why I read Texas so hard is really because of him. His house was burned down three times by the Klan as a child. They became sharecroppers. It's a lot of history there. Mm. He taught, you know, my mom and her sisters how to be a hard worker, how to be diligent. What he did not teach them is how to love a woman. Mm. Mm. properly 
Mm. Man, we need that book, How to Love a Woman Properly. With all mm-hmm. the incel brothers out here right now who low-key hate sisters. I mean, literally hate sisters, want to harm sisters, right? I mean, like, it's a mm-hmm. lot of goofiness out here. Oh, my mm-hmm. goodness. That, that book needs to be written. I think I am writing it currently. But if you don't have uh, the relationship dismount, just go to Amazon.com. It's exclusively available there. The relationship uh, dismount by Zoe Williams. Uh, it's called, I'm forgetting the title again, The Relationship Dismount, How to Stick the Landing When Exiting a Toxic Relationship. Available in multiple formats on Amazon.com. Go there right now. Support, support, support. Atala, your grandfather, mm-hmm. he, 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 was, he was a mean guy then, huh? Had a little age. Um, he was, you know what? It's so weird because I mean, I recognize him as Papa. He was always sweet to us, sweet to my mom and her sisters to some level, but the way he treated my grandmother is like night and day. Mm, heavy stuff. Um, and so I think that, yeah, I mean, and that produced something within my mother and her sisters where it was kind of like, I won't ever let a man treat me like this, right. mind you, but they were well taken care of. So there's this weird dichotomy between the princess narrative of wanting to be taken care of, but not being wanted to be taken care of by men, which is weird. No, I get it. I get it. Atala, man, I love it when you call in such insight for such a young soul. We are, well, you're probably an old soul, but a young person. <laughs> I appreciate you for calling in. Thank you. You brought Houston, Texas. Texas runs the shop once again. L.A., where are you? Well, right here. Judy from Covina. Thank you for uh, representing the Southland. Get in here, Judy. Okay, I am excited. Um, <laughs> I want to go back to your caller from Pensacola. Yes. He raised some good questions, and I want to give some feedback. Mm-hmm. I think that men and fathers don't come to the table like grandpa. They develop into that. They, they wouldn't go to the coal mine and work unless they were trying to provide for their family. Mm-hmm. And, and those hours that she mentioned, that was because he wanted something better for his family, so he worked like that. Grandma may not have been the cook that, she, that we all remember when she first got married, mm-hmm. but when she had her babies and she was making meals and she wanted them to be nutritious and delicious, she developed into that great cook with all the, that great food that we all remember. So I think that we're shortchanging ourselves by thinking that grandma and grandpa, mm-hmm. at sometimes marrying at 15 years old, you know, were, and with very little education, they developed, they grew into, but it was based on, wanting to provide, wanting to love, wanting to have something better for their families. Mm-hmm. So but, I just wanted to, to... Let me say this, Judy. Yeah? You have to factor in technology and the changing of the world. So back then, yes. a woman could drop out of school in the eighth grade. And then by the, by the time 
by the time she's 14 or whatever, have a kid or two kids, right? Back then it was different, right? That we you were being taught how to uh, quote unquote how to be a woman. You were being taught how to be in the kitchen. The world is different now. They didn't have Uber Eats. Yeah. They didn't have Amazon Fresh. They didn't. They didn't have the stuff that you know we have today. And the same with Correct. the with the brothers. Back, my grandfather. I remember getting a whooping. You know, sitting. My grandfather was supposed to be babysitting me for my mom. I was like five or six years old, and I got my little short set covered in motor oil because I'm sitting next to mm. him while he's out here fixing on a car. Now he was fine uh-huh. with me handing him the tools. Hey, boy, hand me the wrench. I gave him the wrench. Boy, hand me that hammer. I gave him the hammer. And then it, when I got up, I had oil on my pants. And I got a whooping for it. And li- listen, you got oil on the brand new short set I just bought. Anyway, but he was yeah. he was raised during a time, right, where yeah. he had to have a trade. So if you get Daniel Pink's book, right, A Whole New Mind. Daniel Pink used to be the speechwriter for former President Bill Clinton. He wrote a book talking about how Industry 4.0 is going to revolutionize the world. And in the book, he was explaining how an MFA is becoming more important than an MBA, Masters in Business Administration. He was saying Masters in Fine Arts. Right. Mm -hmm. Because technology is to the point where I remember back in the day, there was a discernible difference between a Toyota and a Ford. Ford meant fix or repair daily. And every time you (laughs) talk, every time you talk to your uncle, he'd be like that Honda going to ride forever. Now you go get that Honda or that Toyota. That's going to ride. You're going to be good. Get that one. Don't get that Ford. (laughs) But technology is to the point now. Where all of the cars are virtually technologically sound. So what sells the car? What drives the emotion? It's the look of it. So now you need a master of fine art to create a piece of art that will move a person to purchase a car that he really can't afford. (laughs) Do you see? Mm -hmm. So in the book, Daniel Pink is explaining the 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 old way computers and machines are now starting to mechanize the trade right now we're into the knowledge worker you got to have some kind of knowledge and now the knowledge worker is being taken over by ai so now you got to have something creative so again, you got a different kind of man. You can't expect him to have hard, rough. My granddaddy's hands was like monkey knuckles. It was like gorilla <laughs> hands. You touched the man's hands, it felt like rocks. It's a different time. Do you understand? So yeah. to to yes, have those really old do. school expectations is kind of you know it's kind of sketchy. Talk to me. Yeah, you definitely are correct. On you have to be with the times, but I think. The real basis of what marriage is about is is love and having building families, that kind of thing. That is still true. And so I agree like with you. my parents being married my parents being married sixty years and I I saw a lot of the ups and downs and a lot of downs, you know, but th- th- there's a saying the triumph 
of marriage is staying together. Yes. And when you see a couple that's been together and the love they have for each other, the respect, the care that they take of each other, the, the pride they have in what they did together, the children, you know, it's, it's something that we still should strive for. I, I, I agree I with that, you. I yeah. agree with you. But I also mm-hmm. believe this younger generation does not care about that. They do not value that. Go ahead. You'll finish your thought. But 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 how is it that we're going to as, as far as black people, for example, wait, wait, we're not wait, thinking about Judy, furthering the race. Wait, Judy, yes. stay with me because I want you to finish this point. But we got to move forward. But just stay with me. I'm going to come right back to you when we come forward. More from Judy out of Covina. She's cooking. You're tuned in to the greatest relationship talk show in America. The Voice of Reason live on KBLA Talk 1580. I want somebody to feel for me the way Shaka felt this record. Boy, feel for me. I want that real connection, that quality connection, man. So many people just don't know how to cultivate it. They're so selfish and greedy and self-centered. They're here for what they can get. Judy, get back in here and wrap up your thought because you were saying something very profound and I'd like to get it before we wrap it up. Well, I, I definitely appreciate what you're saying just now, saying you want that love like Chaka Khan is talking about, and that is... I believe that is developed. Young people are cheating themselves out of growing and, you know, becoming when you think it's all going to be a certain way right now. So even though the times have changed and we're in a different time, the real foundation of what it's all about is still the same. And that is you're going to grow old. Do you want to be 80 out there when you're trying to be in the club and all that and not have anybody to, you know, right. when your thing ain't thanging anymore and, mm. you know. When your thing ain't thanging, so, Lord have mercy. And then you, you're trying to find somebody to cook for you, to take you to the doctor. You know, it's, it's like you're going to, I love the way you use the word cultivate. Mm. You have to cultivate the relationship. Mm. cultivate the the life that you want the future you can't just think about right now today right right i love it judy you're more than welcome to call in any time you have a seat at the table do you know what you just did do you know what you brought covina into the building we appreciate you for calling in hey tomorrow You know I got another heater, right? You know I got another heater lined up for y'all tomorrow. And listen, let me tell y'all, I'm not trying to be right. I'm trying to push the narrative, the conversation. Whenever anybody talks about relationship, it's not just cut and dry. Whenever you hear a cut and dry response, that's when you know somebody hasn't really thought it out. Just remember, the success of a relationship is not etched in stone, right, of the time, but rather in the depth of connection, the personal growth that that connection fosters. 
and the alignment of values and goals by embracing self-awareness, valuing relationships for their unique purpose, in my opinion, their spiritual purpose, and balancing stability within new connections or with new connections, we can redefine our understanding of relationship success. Ultimately, the most successful relationships are those that enrich our lives regardless of their duration. Just because Granny and Papa were together for 50 years, again, doesn't necessarily mean it was a happy 50 years. Fulfillment. How do, how, how do we share in each other's personal fulfillment? That's a relationship. I'm rooting for your process. I'm rooting for your fulfillment. I'm rooting for your happiness. And that mutuality is where you're rooting for me. You're rooting for my emotional health, right? You're, you're cheering me on to do the work that only I can do. I'm not here to ask you to emotionally fulfill me, but I would love if you would cheer me on as I cultivate my own emotional IQ. A lot of times, man, we want somebody to do it for us, right? We want somebody to do it for us. Nobody can make you happy. Only you are responsible for forest fires. I mean, only you are responsible for your happiness. Look, you know Jill Monroe is up next. RSVP with Jill Monroe. The fire continues. The voice of reason will be back in here for his Friday tomorrow. We're going to keep it cooking. Holla at y'all. Deuce.